Hello, 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 hello. It's good to see you. Say hello. Welcome to the Huskies Hockey Podcast. I'm Weldy, sitting with Andrew, recapping the, uh, I don't even know how to talk about this series. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on what happened with St. Thomas. Uh, we'll also talk about the women's uh, series in Mercyhurst, a bunch of other college hockey-related information. I do want to say off the hop that it took 21 minutes and 11 seconds for Werner Mietnin <laughs> to profess, surpass VT Mietnin in the all-time Mietnin p- penalty minutes category. I made the same note. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mark the time that you did, but... Yeah, I did chuckle um, when he took that that penalty because it didn't take him very long to to pass his brother in one category at least. Yeah, exactly. And it was um, it was it was a you know just hopping right into Fridays. You know, I yeah, was I was gonna do like a, a counter of how many times that it's going to happen. Uh, like, we should just okay. Saturday's game. I hate I hate Saturday Sunday series with a passion just for this reason. Um for for Saturday's game, I don't know, it was just an up and down flashes of really good play and then really puzzling play. And I just I, I just couldn't get my finger on the pulse of what this team actually like their identity was going to be. And I know it's the first game of the season. Weird things happen. First, first game of the series, first season. And then also like St. Thomas plays a style that historically has been an Achilles heel for the Huskies. You know, this is very much an Atlantic hockey type of a team in a, in a sense of how they play, in my opinion it was very reminiscent of some of those games and that, that we don't talk about. Um, so just to kind of see that kind of play out and, you know, we could talk about the 12 to two and everyone brings it up for their first ever game, but every other game has been kind of a grind them out close battle. Now I expected us yes to sweep. Um, but you know, any we just let them kind of hang around, and we hang, let them hang around, and then you know, by kind of the luck of a, a two-man advantage with the, you know the extra attacker, um, you know, we were able to tie it up and you know force overtime. But it, it's just a position that that Saint Cloud shouldn't have been in in the first place. Just uh, kind of my overarching thoughts on how that game went. Yeah, it was a weird first series of the year. Uh, I, I agree with that. And it was not very impressive. I, I'm hesitant to push the panic button so early because, you know, pure disaster was averted. You were able to win the Sunday game, which was not pretty either. Um, mm. And you did get some pairwise points based on taking that game to overtime on Saturday. So, you know, close to a win and a tie, essentially, if you factor in the road win and then the home overtime loss. I mean, I'm going to wait 
for at least this first month until I say the sky is falling. I'm at least um, I'm gonna I'm gonna mark that down because I mean if we yeah please if do. we lose and tie against Mankato next week I think you're gonna start hitting the panic button already. I'm at least panicking to the extent where I I really don't like my first place NCHC prediction. <laughs> I'll say that I'm not writing the season off entirely as far as like an NCAA berth. It's uh, a team that I feel like all weekend I didn't really feel the chemistry was there at all. Um, something just seemed off, but the first period on Saturday, I thought they look pretty good. That was by far yeah. the best period of the weekend of the weekend. Yeah. And then they start getting into penalty trouble and they had that five minute major, which overlapped with that vertebrae and penalty, meaning it was a full t- five on three for two minutes during that five minute advantage. They were able to kill that off. Bassey looked excellent in that five-minute frame of of action. Uh, really sort of had a couple of key... His best saves of Saturday, I thought he was kind of below average outside of... Yeah, I was, gonna, I was going to say, like, other than that aspect, he was, he, he was poor, I would say. Yeah. And I'm not one to normally, like, throw the goalie under the bus, but... When I, when I, you know, just kind of see him, how he was just flopping around out there and like, like he was, he was the calm one last year, if I remember correctly. And I mean, you know, he made up for it in the, in the, uh, in the Sunday game, but at the same, like Saturday, I was just like, maybe he was too amped up or too eager. I don't know. It just, it looked way out of characteristic for him from what we saw last year. Getting beat high too. I I just hate a guy that's six, six. And you're sort of negating that advantage by just going down on first instinct. Certainly not his best game, but getting back to that major, he did come up big on that major with some some key saves. But after they killed that penalty, it seems like at that point, St. Cloud never gained the momentum back for the whole weekend. I thought the, the other five periods, St. Thomas either matched St. Cloud or outplayed them. The Sunday game, I mean... St. Thomas had a pretty sizable shot advantage on the Huskies. I don't think that they had a ton of great A's until the very end. Um, you know, yeah. they had the one where it goes in based, but they, they take it back based on the uh, offsides challenge. But you know, those last two, three minutes of the game, he had to make up, make some, some great saves. And he did prior to that, you know, first 20 shots or so, I don't know if any of them were necessarily high quality chances, but he did the job on Sunday, but this offense, I mean, so one even strength goal the entire weekend, and that comes on an Ingram breakaway. Breakaway. Uh, you know, great to see the the power play click on Saturday. I mean, you wouldn't have gotten any pairwise points if you didn't connect on four um, power play opportunities there. But power play, I thought, struggled on Sunday. Um, and so it's just the five-on-five five action – was the most distressing aspect of the weekend, I thought, because you're, you're going to need that to carry you the majority of the season. That And that, facing a team like St. Thomas, that should be more evident. Like, I, I almost kind of push back on your suggestion that St. Thomas is reminiscent of an Atlantic hockey team because, you know, look at the AIC game. Like, St. Cloud had the huge shot advantage there. St. Thomas dictated more play than I would have ever thought coming into this weekend. Did I think that they might have been close games? Sure. 
I didn't, like I said last weekend, I'm not expecting a 12 to two route at all, but I didn't expect St. Thomas to, you know, like I said, dictate the action to the extent that they did. This just didn't. And okay. So you have that Saturday game. They got, okay, maybe you just got you know, kicked the rust off and uh, St. Thomas cute little story and, you know, starting their season off nice, but you know, a searcher will go into an opponent's building and sort of prove that you are an elite team. They didn't do that on Sunday. They won, but they had to fight uphill tooth and nail to grind out a one, nothing game. And yeah, I'm not throwing away the, the result because again, like I said, disaster was averted with that win on Sunday, but it wasn't pretty. This team's got a lot to work on and, and I think this month we're going to, we're going to learn a lot. I think Larson said as much where he's like, give this team a little bit to gel. Um, there are a lot of new faces on this team. Uh, we saw with the amount of transfers and, and um, freshmen on this team, everyone except uh, Caleb Tyson got some action other than the goalies uh, as well. Um, I was kind of surprised Tyson didn't see action. I'm not sure if there was an injury situation with him, but uh, of the like freshman slash new defense, Warren Clark was the only one to get both game action in both games. So Falk sat on Saturday, played on Sunday. Um, you got guys like Tyson Gross getting the action on on Sunday. Rosboro on Sunday that didn't play Saturday. Um, Ashan played on Friday on Saturday, but not Sunday. So you basically Rogers, Rogers didn't play on Sunday. Took a bad um, on Saturday. Uh, Ewert. Yeah, you were played on Saturday. I barely noticed that. I'm not sure if I even heard his name much, but um, and then he didn't play on Sunday, and so they were cycling players in, which is nice. Again, I would have preferred mm-hmm. to have seen uh, Tyson. Again, I'm wondering if there is an injury there. I was even curious well, as to whether Posh and or Gray, which I hear I hear that Gray is is still dinged up, but I was somewhat like maybe Posh is going to get the action on Sunday because uh, Bassey didn't play all that, all that well on Saturday, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Posh gets one, if Posh gets one of the games in Mankato uh, or certainly one of the home games against Fairbanks in two weeks. Um, Yeah. You're not going to want to position here. If you know, Larson's going to want to get the other goalies some action uh, and, if we're going to use October as sort of a come together month, find out what we got. Um, you're going to want to use your goalies uh, in, in the early part of the season here. And I think the schedule isn't terribly daunting to start and you're not exactly throwing these new guys to the top competition. You're not throwing them out there against Denver, or, you know, the Gophers or something like that. So I don't know. I got a lot. I like, I got a lot. Of thoughts I, I feel i've been rambling for a while so i'll throw it back to you because i got i got more but what what else what else are your kind of big takeaways this weekend well you know when i was talking about how it's like the atlantic hockey teams i just felt like it was that kind of grind them out style um you know saint Cla- or saint thomas isn't going to kind of overwhelm us obviously with the skill and the flashiness, but yeah, they did control a surprising amount of that play in that, in that uh, Sunday game Uh, Saturday and just, you know, again, incredibly happy to see the power play really kind of, you know, show its force again. I thought, I thought Saturday Anhorn had a very good game. Um, I thought he controlled the place, 
um, play pretty well. And then there was the penalty that he took um, for the in, or the um, interference, I believe it was, um, where they both collided into um, uh, the goaltender. Um, I mean, he got the uh, well, they both collided into Bassey and he got the interference call. Um, you know, we can say what we want about the call and whatnot, but at the same time, I was like, he didn't play his angle very well. And so I was like, okay, I'm not going to make a point of that. Maybe it's just, you know, just kind of getting used to it and whatnot. But then it happened again on the Sunday game, too. And so I think he's still trying to get used to the speed. But there were a couple of times when, you know, like when he he had poise with the puck. I I thought he made really good decisions. But I think his angles... He kind of scared me like a Sean used to scare me in in that sense, where he would just kind of get burned every once in a while. But Ashan had a way like a crafty stick to kind of hit it out of that. And uh, Dylan Anhorn isn't that type of player where he's, you know, the craftiness doesn't come from that side of it. So it's, so I think it's just him kind of getting used to the speed and getting, and, and getting his legs back and the angles back to kind of, to kind of get back at it. But I don't know that that was um, kind of eye opening. Um, yeah, when I saw I'll, it. I'll take it a little a step further. I thought he was not good this weekend. I thought this was his worst weekend as a Husky. He he certainly uh, even Saturday's game. Yes, you think? Yes, I mean he took three penalties. I know people are going to complain about the refs about those, um, and he showed signs of brilliance. Scored a goal. He had that good kind of sliding uh, shot block at one point, which was a nice mm-hmm. play. Uh, he just like the three penalties. I mean, it, he had a, a madman sort of streak. It, it was almost undisciplined. I agree with that uh, second penalty. He took the interference. That was two shifts in a row where that happened, where he got burned and then he was yeah. trying to overcompensate and he knocked the guy into Bassey. You can complain about the call. I just think it, it's, he, he's sort of cheating because he kind of got beat and again, it happened on Sunday as well. Three times in the weekend, where he sort of had his doors blown off, which you just we didn't see that last year. We didn't see it. So maybe it is something where he's just hasn't played competitive hockey in close to ten months, and he's just got to adapt back to the speed. But even like puck handling, I don't think he was he wasn't the assertive type of uh, Anhorn that we saw, especially Sunday. I thought it was kind of a quiet game from him, and so yeah, he. I, I don't know. Like if that, if you would have put that performance in last year, prior to us knowing sort of peak Anhorn, it, maybe not have been so picky about it, but I, I felt it was not the best performance from him. And I know like the third penalty he takes, that's the one that Larson really went ballistic on uh, from the bench. That was one like, sorry, if we want to talk about officiating, cause I, I feel like that was, I mean, it's brought up on a, on a broadcast and I, I certainly thought the, there was two men. It was overcalled all weekend. Yeah. Um, I didn't like the, I hate this is an evergreen uh, statement. I hate the reviews. Um, and there was many of them. I didn't like the, um, the major on Lutke, uh, uh, the five minute, the call to make it a five minute. I especially hated the rationale that they gave that the player was in a vulnerable position, which sounds like summer meeting bullet point. Like this is something that they've talked about in their conferences in the off season. 
the problem with that rationale is that when is a player not in a vulnerable situation? He's on skates going in a fast game. Uh, the play on Sunday with uh, when they reviewed the hit on ports, I believe, uh, which I thought was even closer to a non-call than a major. They did call it the two-minute major, but that's one where Ports sort of got turned around, didn't know where it was going, and just got leveled. How is that not a vulnerable position? If you're going to be objective and apply the standard equally, uh, I would have considered Ports to be in, in a vulnerable position just as much as the St. Thomas player would have been in the vulnerable position in the um, Lukey call. That's that's uh, that's where he got the uh, embellishment call too. That one was a weird one. Um, hit from behind, and then an embellishment on top of that, which I've never seen before. Yeah, I I didn't like that. It was strange too. It was the same crew both days, but yeah, one was you know they were wearing NCHC garb the first night, and then they're wearing CCHA garb the the next night. I I, did, I guess I didn't know that they did that. I know that there has been some refs that you know will ref games for different leagues, but I, I didn't know it was that blatant, like the same crew two nights for two different leagues, but whatever. Like I, I was kind of, I mean, I was disappointed that we saw the same crew again. I figured that we were going to get a different crew there because it's a different league, but uh, you know, it was the same, same people, but, um, but yeah, the same I, type of overcalling too. I thought, yeah. But I mean, it was it was overcalled for both teams. I don't really think that there was one yeah. one team where it was you know like they were hosing the Huskies. I mean, the Huskies got a couple of I thought kind of light calls go their way for some of their yeah. power plays, especially on Saturday. And so and, I, I mean, when we're talking about that vulnerable position too, at what point do we just talk about eliminating checking from hockey? And I'm not talking right. this as like a point of because I actually would be for that. I I I don't I don't watch hockey for the hits, but it's it's just that if we want to get it, like, I mean, I know it won't be cut and dry because some of the women's game they took some nasty body checks as well. But um, I don't know. It it just feels like they're trying to have it and and make it as safe as possible with this and it just ends up adding to a lot more confusion and, and yeah, people turning their bodies to put themselves into that position to get hit in, you know, it's, I don't know. It, it puts the ref also in kind of a tough spot. If the league wants to try to crack down on that. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, that, that hit on Sunday that they reviewed again, the more I'm seeing it, I'm like, I seemed like a, a shoulder check. Uh, but you just, you can't blow a guy up in mid ice anymore. Like it's, yeah. if it's a big hit like that, you're going to call it something, which I think, yeah, it's an overabundance of yeah. safety. <laughs> Bemidji against Minnesota. Did you see that hit? But just briefly, um, <laughs> where the Minnesota guy's helmet flew off. Oh, I didn't see that part of it. Who, oh, was it. Was it on one of their better players too? Um, I, I think it was, was on their freshman. Do I want to say it was Oliver Moore? He's he's their stud freshman this yeah. year. Yeah, never like seeing that in an exhibition game, especially big hit like that in a game that doesn't mean anything. But yeah, and yeah, so on Saturday where they had the two two long reviews, the one for the Loki oh, hit. It was Mason Nevers. Okay, so not like not like a star, but not like a scrub either. So anyway, uh, 
yeah, I didn't like either of those reviews on on Saturday. The Luki turning the major, I didn't like when how many how many has Larson ever won one of those challenges where he asked them to call no. a major? It's at least it, it, three that he's not been successful it, on. It felt like it was a situation of well, you called us for a contact of the head. Here's the time. Here's your chance to even it up, right. and. Like, like, here's your opportunity. Give us one, too. It's only fair. And it's just like, it's a little buddy, clever. the way a you're too clever. The, yeah. It's like the way you're playing, you might need that timeout. And they almost did need that timeout. <laughs> but right. they were able to to sneak in and get that uh, game tying goal late in the third. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I'm never going to be writing love letters to NCHC officials, but I, I, I hesitate to pin the blame on like or CCHA officials. Or C- yeah, with the same potato, 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 apparently, because yeah, Sterling Egan uh, has got both costumes get, in the closet. Get Sydney Wolf on the case. That's right. Let's let's get her. She'll she'll get to the bottom of it. So, yeah, it just the I thought that game uh, we should also mention another big key of the game was uh, Trotter for St. Thomas, their their goal, Mm -hmm. who I thought uh, played very well that. So that first period on Saturday was huge because not only so the Huskies had a two to one lead after the period, but there was three or four other quality chances that that Trotter stoned them on. And so you get out of that period three, three, one or four, one. I think it's a totally different game that was the Huskies problem is they just, they never put them away. If they would have ever gotten to a two goal lead, let them hung around. I think that would have St. Thomas would not have come back from a two goal lead, even though it is the worst lead in hockey. Right. But you were only able to ever get a one goal lead on them all, all weekend. uh, And we're never able to extend the lead. And so that's another sort of killer instinct kind of thing that I, that was missing this weekend. And again, Super early. It's the first weekend of the year. I'm not ready to to write this team off. But this podcast is for overreactions. It's what we do. Well, I'm sure, but uh, I know that we've 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 made that our our trademark. <laughs> but Sorry, but for some, yeah, I'm I'm not. I, I, I yeah, maybe give it this weekend against Mankato until I really sound the alarm bells. But. Yeah, and I'm not real ready to say St. Thomas is. Oh, look out for them! Like, I mean, they might be a middle of a pack CCHA team. I don't. Hey, think they had a voter. Right. They had we one know. coach in that we league. Still know who, we still want to know who that who that is. But uh, yeah. I don't think this is a terribly good team that that you um, lost, even if it is an asterisk kind of overtime loss. But uh, but there's plenty to to work on. I thought just the you, like I said the the chemistry was not there and they're still going to, they're going to have to figure out sort of line combinations. They kind of had to work on that on the fly on Sunday when our guy, Solquist, when our guy Solquist. uh gets run from the game with a real dumb talk about undisciplined. I mean, he's getting outworked that whole shift by that's that was, it, that was uh, just pure Wallen. frustration. Yeah. Yeah. I think and, it was Wallen. And then he takes it out on him. I wonder if he's related to the Jake Wallen that, um, that the Huskies used to have. I, I would almost bet on it. They're both Minnesotans, but, um, but what he so leaves that game, ask, uh, KVSC guys, if that's there you the go. case, but, uh, you know, when he leaves that game, you know, he's your top center. We should say Solquist already got a point on Saturday, you know, yep, took him what, true. 20 points, 20 games last year to, to register a point off the Schneid already, uh, and dominant in the face-off circle. I think he won 20 face-offs on Saturday. 
it was like 75%, I think was his face off yeah. percentage. So yeah. The, and if, if, if that's going to be the case, sure. I can see the role that he's going to have, but because, because his role and even the uh, CCHA TV, like when they said that he was gone, it's like first line center is gone. Like making that seem really key, uh, especially for situation, situational face-off kind of guy. Larson had to juggle it up a little bit and it looked, it turned out who's the guy taking the key draws the very last seconds of the game, Werner Mietnan. And he yep. won those draws, at least two of them in the last minute which I thought were huge. Um, Werner Mietnan, I thought of the freshmen was the most impressive. Barrett Hall also, I mean, scores the first goal of the season for the Huskies. And he definitely showed a, um, a spark that's going to be exciting to see. He also made a couple of plays like, you know, those little slick dangles that would have worked in juniors that you know don't really work in, in college. You're going to see that from freshmen too. Um, I, I, so I liked what I saw from Hall. I really liked what I saw from Werner Bietnan from an all-around sort of game. And even, I'm not even kidding, like taking the penalty in the first game is a sign that he's willing to get the nose dirty a little bit. I don't think he's going to reach the peaks of VD when it comes to point scoring, but you might. we might have a more all-around player with Werner. And so I'm more. I'm actually surprised that they didn't hook those guys up on a line, especially after Salkwist leaves that they didn't get more time together. We did see the first instance of a Mietnan and Mietnan combination on on the stat sheet. Um, And that was in for the tying goal in the third period. Uh, Power play, obviously, because they were all power play goals. But uh, first of um, maybe many. I don't know. I think we had a prop bet, right? We got to keep that honest. I know we had the prop bet with the KBSC guys. I can't remember what, what we said. 10, maybe? Yeah, goals with both of them on uh, getting points, but I thought that that he was good. I was disappointed with Okabe. Uh, I didn't feel like he was doing much. He was kind of doing a lot of again dipsy doodling to really no effect. Um, I would have wanted to see more. I mean, again, he scored uh, on Saturday as well, but Sunday just wasn't very effective. Uh, and as a fifth year guy, I'm kind of expecting. My my bar for expectations is a little higher for someone like him than it is an underclassman, let's say. But so I just think that we're, we're going to be seeing some line combinations kind of sorted out here. You know, it's we saw guys like Nick Ports get power play action. Um, you, you know, we're able to see guys like Ryman and Gross. A coin, I thought, it had some some flashes. I think he's a fast player and uh, he can kind of you know, get your attention, uh, every now and then, um, I thought Rosborough played okay on Sunday. And so I think we got the pieces. It's just a matter of letting it gel. And if it takes a little bit here, like I said, I don't think this early season schedule is terribly daunting means that, I mean, it's, I guess a two edged sword because it means that you can get away with not playing your a game like they did on Sunday and still win. But also, if you do drop some of these games, and if St. Thomas turns out to be a seventh place CCHA team, you know the the ability to not to 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 lose pairwise points as you did on Saturday against them might come back to haunt you. I think that the ultimate crisis is averted. Like if you would have not won either of these games, that would have been tough. And we see things like Omaha last year getting swept by Niagara. 
Um, yeah. uh, Western Michigan dropping the first game against Anchorage last year, they ended up having to cling to a four seed to get in to the uh, NCAA tournament as, you know, a decent result of that performance. So, I mean, these, you know, we should hope that St. Thomas is first place in CCHA because then this weekend <laughs> looks great, but I doubt that's going to happen. But more importantly, I'm just concerned about the Huskies. I still have faith that they can bring it together. It's just, uh, we kind of got to put it together on the fly here, playing in real games. And let's just hope that they don't bury themselves with some, you know, lesser performances while they're still trying to, to work out the kinks. This weekend, we'll be able to learn a lot more because I don't think Mankato's like all that great. I mean, it was a big dip in quality from the Mike Hastings like peak years, but you know, it's still a road series against an in-state rival. Uh, it's going to be a challenge. So I don't know. You have any any other thoughts about this this last weekend before we uh, move on yeah. to previewing? You know, when you were talking about chemistry as well i think that also kind of goes to you know my worry about our center depth and because i think centers are kind of the straw that kind of stirs the drink um and you know just not having that type of an experience and ingram's first game at center um on saturday i didn't think was very impressive he did not do very well in the face off draw either um, so it was just kind of that situation where, you know, we've got a lot of inexperience there, which is why it's going to take a little bit for these guys to kind of gel together. Um, you know, looking at that overtime goal as well, again, you know, I've said it so many different times before, but like shootouts and three on three hockey is like the same to me. Huskies didn't even touch the puck. Um, and not only that, I mean, it was a pretty goal to kind of win it, but I mean, there was two, obviously Bassey's overcommit is going to be the one that kind of you look at, but I think um, it was Kupka, Kupka followed and just totally lost the, the guy who was wide open. And that's, that's one where you can't, you, you can't do that in, in three on three, but then again, three on three is designed for that exact purpose is causing this, you know, kind of chaos. So but, you know, in, in a shootout, at least we would have touched the puck. But, you know, Huskies could have done a little bit better job at that. Um, I kind of liked Falk's game um, on Sunday. Um, I thought he was solid. Um, and, you know, he's kind of, I think he's going to be very much in a, uh, you know, a treble type role. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas the less you hear his name, the better he's playing. Um, type of a situation. I am, I'm going to kind of assume that maybe he's going to be in it a little bit more. Um, now, obviously, Ewart is, you know, going to be in and out, um, you know, as he's still getting acclimated. Uh, Reiners, I thought, was a little bit tough on in the St. Thomas game. And there was one time I think he was coming down and he actually had a really good shot, just totally whiffed on the puck. And I was just like, ooh, Reiners, you got to at least get some kind of shot on that. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's early. I think the chemistry will be there. Um, we did get our look into uh, Mietnin Jersey Gate um, as well. 
uh, with uh, Mietnin getting his name on the jersey, his last name, all just Mietnin, and then Werner with V Mietnin. So um, you didn't go with uh, V-E-E and yeah, V-E. Um, R we can't even do that. Like that. I mean, you have yeah. to go three letters in, which yeah. I think that's the only correct way to do it. Right? It, it looks terrible. Either that, or I go think... go Ichiro style and just do the first names. No, you know what? I think I think you go XFL style, and then you can put your own nickname back. <laughs> there. Yeah, exactly. You know what? I, I, you know, I said on Twitter, and I think I'm going to stand by it. I'm probably going to call them this for the uh, for the rest of the se- the the season as well. Um, we're going Alpha and Omega. Okay. So so Alpha is going to be VT and Werner is going to be Omega. Have you ever had Werner's ginger ale? I have not. I'm not a big ginger ale fan. This I think it's the best ginger ale. Uh, Unless it's like Jameson gingers, obviously. Like Jameson gingers. Is this, solid. this one has a... A distinct taste it's different than schweppes or canada dry or any of the sort of the normie ginger ales but i was actually when i, re- I wrote a book a crossword book on it for michigan so it originated in michigan it probably doesn't it's probably not made there anymore but it's probably like bought out by coke or something you can get it in minnesota i remember buying it in any supermarket there but they had something Verdor- it's like with or oh it's verdors it is or okay oh okay but they have a thing, and they call it a Boston cooler. I'm not sure why they call it a Boston cooler because it was, I think, made in Detroit or invented there. But it's basically like a root beer float, except with Verner's instead of root beer. So it's just vanilla ice cream with that. That's like the best ice cream float soda combination I think there ever is. Um, try it out. Uh, but maybe again with Verner, with, I know that there's a spelling with disparity. ginger ale and ice cream and vanilla ice cream. It's really good. Really? Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Really good. All Try right. It. I'm going to have to, I'll, I'll maybe next bye week. Um, Again, if you're not a ginger I'll, ale fan, you, you might, it's going to come down to your, your like of the ginger ale. Try it. Try the ginger ale first. I don't and, mind. And then it. try it. I'm, I'm just never going to sit. I'm not, I'm not going to sit at a restaurant and be like, I hey, haven't had a ginger ale. I should, I should pick it up because I haven't had one of those in years. And I, I remember them being very good. The but ginger yeah, ale or the ginger the, ale? Both, floats? both. Both. But, All right. But I'm saying, you know, nail money is out there and it's, there's a possibility <laughs> even with, you know, uh, maybe get ginger ale on the, on the nameplate. Uh, ginger ale. Uh, you know, they're doing advertisements on, on the hockey uniforms now. So maybe yeah. bring the trend to college. Why not? No, I've, I've never heard of Verner's. I'm not a ginger ale aficionado like, uh, like you are, or you were, I, I should say. For a while, I got like really big into root beer. I I went through like, a craft root yeah. beer phase too. Because you have yeah. like on the supermarket, they got like the craft mm-hmm. like in glass bottles, kind of oh, yeah. like uh, Jones or like the IBC root beers, the, IBC the sarsaparillas. Uh, yeah, it's some good stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's some good stuff in there. So, um, but so yeah, it's just um. You know, we'll uh, we'll see. I'll give give them some time. I think um, you know. I really appreciated, um, or I really I really liked, like you said, Werner's game. Um, overall, I think maybe a few of his shots sailed sailed a little bit too much on it. Maybe it was a little bit too amped up. But I, I liked what I saw, and I think it is only a matter of time before they they get on the same line. We get a Alpha and Omega connection. 
you got a um we got a pow oh yes definitely i was um, i was thinking today and it's a tough one it because... is do you want uh go huskies woos pow sure sure i've got one i've got one but i'm not like it certainly was not a home run like or uh, like an eat open and shut decision okay do you okay you want to go first then i can more if you want if you want go huskies woo to lead us right, off let's let's do it go ahead i, I i'm gonna go with bassy even though i agree with you that saturday what it's not, not good wow okay if he okay. doesn't, if he doesn't make some of those key saves on the on the five five minute uh, major on Saturday, that game could have been they could have lost in regulation, and he did come up clutch with the shutout on Sunday. Even though again, I thought that the big, biggest action was towards the end. Prior to that, he wasn't he wasn't um, tested much. But I can't really. I mean, I don't. I, don't, I mean, yeah, I mean, Vern or VD had three points in, on Saturday, um, but I I don't think he was great on Sunday. Um, like I said, I, I didn't really think Anhorn played great. Uh, and so there's really not, I mean, Ingram scored the lone goal, but I don't think he did a ton on, on Saturday. Again, I'm trying to do the Friday, Saturday thing, making that mistake so many times. <laughs> so yeah, I don't like the, uh, I don't like it either, but I'm going to go with Bassey because at least he came up, came up huge and you pulled out a shutout win. You had to win one, nothing. You can't do that without a good goalie. Yeah, you got a point. You got a point. So um, uh, go as he's woo. He also said that, uh, well, he said that, uh, on Saturday, he thought Anhorn was their best player. Yeah, so apparently I, I, I'm in the minority there, but so, I'm fine with that. But, but did agree that he had a rough, uh, rough game on Sunday. Uh, really liked Werner both nights. Um, and I took a lot of high leverage faceoffs in one. Um, he's going to be a good one. I think, especially after Solquist uh, got the gate, um, uh, that was the case. Uh, shout out to Joe Molinar, um, who was a beast in the third um, uh, period. He blocked four or five shots in that period alone, really gave himself up. Molinar was one we haven't talked about, um, and maybe that's because he's, I don't know. He's just kind of, I don't know, he kind of reminds me of like a, I don't know, like a houseman type, I guess. Just kind of. All right, I, he's on the ice. I don't dread it when he's on the ice, but I don't expect anything magic to happen. I don't know. He's kind of he's kind of perplexing, but I do agree that um, you know in in the third, like there were some rushes and puck possession that St. Thomas had that uh, that we needed that, um, um, and he was able to provide some some big blocks there. Um, he said, if Tyson beefs up or gets faster, watch out. Um, he's going to be good. I'm um, not sure how it looked on TV, but if you go back with Dom's save with four seconds left, um, was absolute magic. It was thrown off high with pace and it hit a Husky, um, and he gloved it somehow. So he wanted to give props on, on, on that save especially. Um, uh, for his pow, he is picking Barrett Hall uh, for his first uh, for his first uh, 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 goal. Uh, probably, probably not the best game. Um, but definitely overall on the weekend, consistently very good. And he's also going to be a really good player. So, so the go Huskies woo is Barrett Hall. Um, uh, for me, 
you know, like you said, consistency was tough, and especially with Saturday's game, um, you know, it, it was kind of that same type of story. Um, but when I did pick, um, it was hard for me not to go with uh, the Alpha. Uh, so I think uh, VT Mietnan um, just, I, I thought his poise, um, especially in that Friday game, and it's like, this is the VT that, you know, I hope we continue to see the rest of the season um, that you know, we see flashes of really throughout his career. Um, so I hope that uh, that definitely continues. Um, I, I don't know what the answer is with Ingram. And it's not as it's not a good sample size. And I know that, but God, I want him back on wing. And so I wonder if they're going to revisit that sometime and, and, and shuffle them some things around. But again, it's early, so we'll we'll I mean, see what happens. We haven't mentioned it much. That was a pretty goal that he scored. Yeah, yeah. And was... I mean, I, I I like the Bear Hall pick. Should mention too. Prior to that Ingram goal, he had a breakaway where he like he yes. was able to like go through three defenders. That would have been like almost that would have been a probably a goal of the year contender if he would have mm-hmm. finished it. But Trotter came up with the save. Yeah, he's he's got that sort of like whoa, like yeah, kind of astounding ability. It's just raw at this point. I, I'm not mm-hmm. disagreeing with it because I don't think there's an easy choice for Powell this weekend, but um yeah, certainly could see the the potential there. And uh, really looking forward to it. And yeah, I, I agree with Ingram. I I don't know if I'm going to go as far to say that I want to back on the wing because of the questions we have at center. It's too early for me to sort of judge whether or not, you know, this is enough time for us to know with him at center. It's just too early. But, and we'll see. I mean, Salkwist is going to play on Friday, right? That's not going to be a suspension, yeah. right? No. So... I mean, if that's, yeah, if you lose one of these other centers, Salquist or another one of the guys, then we might not have a choice. To, to yeah, we're know. definitely not going to have a choice. So that's case. Yeah. sometimes that's how the problems like that could get worked out uh, based on what, you know, events that happen. So, yeah, it's um, in one sense kind of tricky to, to come up with a pile because there wasn't like a clear choice, but we had a number of worthy candidates and, that's not to be sneezed at either. So yeah, I, like I said, the, the talent is on this team. It's just, it's maybe going to take a little quicker uh, to come together. And I'm, I'm hoping that guys like Okabe um, kind of, and Kupka, um, I mean, Kupka had the, the goal that was taken off on for the offsides challenge. Both teams had one of those. Both had, taken oh, away. Don't get me started on those. And but both other, those other are than that, just you... like in my opinion, both those goals were just like the defense had the opportunity to clear it, like like, and they they didn't. I mean, that's on you. You shouldn't get. And I still remember bailed out by a quarter of an inch. I can't remember if they've changed that rule because it used to be they could have been offsides if they missed it, but then if the other team touched the puck in between yep. that and the other team who ended up scoring that would negate the possibility. I don't know exactly. Again, the stupid rules that keep changing and yeah, new that, rationales that they that workshop changed, I think, over the summer. I don't know what the rule is exactly, 
But yeah, I think I think that changed because it wasn't black and white. There was some debate about like what is possession and what is touched and and everything along those lines. So get rid of all reviews, every yeah. single one of them. And I'm I'm kind of surprised. I mean, I I hope that they got better replays than what CCHA TV was, but that's a building kind of like Western Michigan where it's not really yeah. equipped to have all the camera angles. I don't know how they're really able to make that sort of definitive call, but don't even put it to that. Stick with it. Stick with the call on the ice. But so getting back to Kupka, I mean, he, he would have scored that goal, but other than that, I, I don't think he did. He didn't have a great weekend. As you mentioned, sort of blow blew the coverage in that overtime goal uh, in part. I mean, it was the whole team sort of did, but uh, yeah, I, I want some of those older older players to step up um, because this is a fairly young team, at least with a lot of newcomers. Um, if we're going to include guys like Falk and Ports in the mix too. So getting some of that senior slash grad student leadership, I think is going to be important as well. And so, yeah, it's, um, it's going to be an interesting year. Different. It just takes, it's taken a, a little bit of a turn since last weekend when I was expecting <laughs> a different performance. Let's ah, say, we'll be weekend. fine. What's up? We got Mankato uh, next on the docket. Um, Heading down to the Midwest Wireless Center, um, as I affectionately call it, from my my days from Southwest Minnesota, traveling there for for section basketball games or whatnot. So um, it's um, you know uh, yet looking for their first goal. Um, they did have an exhibition game against Omaha, uh, lost one nothing there. So it's um, I mean it's we don't really know what to make of this Mankato team with all of the departures and the new coaching staff and, you know, everything uh, that's kind of switched up. So it's going to be, um, it's going to be an interesting series and it's going to be, uh, you know, going to really look for uh, the Huskies to kind of put everything, you know, put some of those pieces together and just look for improvement and hopefully come out with a sweep here uh, uh, at uh, in, in Mankato. Yeah, as you mentioned, lots of turnover. Um, you know, David Cilia, top scorer last year. Uh, Christian Fitzgerald, another very good season for them last year. Both of them, both of those players followed Hastings to Wisconsin with a couple of others, I believe. Um, you know, four or five maybe total. Um, Mankato players uh, transferred over. So, yeah, I, I, I'm expecting them not to be quite at the level that we've been used to in years past, but uh, still got some, some players there uh, that can play. I mean, their goaltending situation is unchanged from last year, meaning uh, I'm assuming we're going to get uh, Rancier eh, at least one game, if not both. He was the starter in the uh, NCAA tournament game last year. Mm-hmm. And, during the regular season, we, we got to see him and then uh, Alex Tracy, their backup, uh, in the, well, I can't remember which game they started in the uh, October series at the Herb. But uh, Rancier kind of turned out, he, he took the reins of that job um, in the second half of the season and put in a pretty solid season uh, for Mankato. You know, nine fourteen save percentage. You know, sub sub two GAA, which you know, it's part of that's playing in the league that they play in, but still a a, a quality goaltender. Uh, and 
And so I think he's decent. You know, they got a guy like Sam Morton, who's off to a good start last year. Maybe even played. I'm going to check. I thought he did play in the game against the Huskies. Put up eight points in 10 games for them, but then got hurt. And, you know, they definitely would have missed him, like, come playoff time. Because I think he, if I'm going to guess, he might be, like, their top scorer this year coming back. Um, David Souter as well, uh, another decent player for them. So they got some of the guys that are still uh, Lucas Souter. I'm sorry. Um, but so they got some of the guys, uh, still sort of hanging around since kind of the golden years, you know, making the national title game, uh, two years ago against Denver, almost winning it. They got a good transfer, uh, defenseman in Brandon cook from my stomping grounds, my dad used to coach him. He had a good career up in Air Force. And when he was in the transfer portal, it took him a while to commit to somewhere. And I was surprised because, uh, you know, 20 plus points last year uh, from the point. Um, and and he's uh, old. You know, he's, this is his fifth year experienced player. I think he can contribute for them. And so, I you know, if I'm going to say they're probably a better team than St. Thomas. I mean, even with all the, the losses they got, I think they just had a little bit more to work with uh, even before the mass exodus of players that followed Mike Hastings. But I'm not, you know, they might be better than St. Thomas may not be all that much better. I, again, I kind of think it's a middle of the pack CCHA team. Um, and yeah, this would be the first official games in the uh, new coaches era um, for Mankato. Uh, Luke Strand, uh, they didn't far venture too far afield. Uh, apparently the uh, job requirements uh, in Mankato to coach the team is to not have any hair. Uh, and <laughs> they got another cue ball coach, uh, Luke Strand. Bald applicants only. <laughs> Follically challenged uh, applicants need apply. Um, coming from Ohio you can't State. say challenged anymore. It's uh, it's impaired. Impaired. There you go. Follically impaired. But, you know, he had a decent run at Ohio State as their uh, assistant and now slotting into the head coaching job there. So, you know, it's from that perspective, a bit of a challenge for St. Cloud to try to scout this team as far as, you know, what are you expecting their power play and their penalty kill units to look like? What do you expect them to run as far as their goaltending if they're going to you know, play Brancier uh, both nights. You expect to see uh, another one of the goalies. Um, part of that is going to be, yeah, just kind of a, a factor of the unknown. That's going to be interesting for St. Claude to try to defend against. But these games are at your Midwest Wireless Center, whatever. <laughs> uh, and so road games, never easy. Uh, and it's a familiar opponent for the hometown team, hometown fans. So I don't think this is going to be easy. I mean, and mm. seeing what we saw in the first weekend, I, I'm not sure. It might be greedy to expect a sweep. Um, maybe get out of there with, with a split. It might be just fine. But yeah. I, if I'm sticking my guns that this is a Penrose title team, you, you, you got to look like it eventually. And you, you got to win some kind of convincing. It did like what Denver did. Like they went up to Fairbanks and pounded Alaska and you know maybe Alaska is not that good but uh, I think they're a better team than St. Thomas's and we, we just talked about how much St. Cloud struggled uh, this last weekend so yeah show me show me a killer instinct 
Um, it can happen. Uh, I'm waiting patiently, uh, but let's uh, maybe hope that it'll happen this weekend. Looking forward to it. Very much so. Um, kind of uh, around around college hockey. Anything else uh, kind of stick out to you? Just kind of a weird. Um, yeah, that's a good word of, for it. A weird kind weekend. Of, kind of weird. But you know, early on, everything happens. Obviously, I really looked at uh, BU against Bentley of all right. teams. Um, that was able to. You know, force them into overtime. Uh, you know, unlike the Huskies, uh, BU took care of overtime. But um, just for Bentley, who is, you know, picked to finish, I believe, at the bottom of Atlantic hockey, um, you know, uh, to play like that. And you had um, Michigan losing the first game uh, to Providence. Um, Providence, to me, seems at least like a middle-of-the-road team. So that was a little bit of a surprise. Anything else kind of stick out to you? Well, yeah, like I, I guess my first reaction was, yeah, maybe the Big Ten isn't going to be the dominant force that it was this year. You know, you mentioned Michigan splitting against uh, Providence. Uh, we saw Notre Dame only salvage a split against Clarkson at home. We saw Ohio State struggle with Mercyhurst lopsided shot advantage, but one goal game that uh, Ohio state was, um, you know, they, they had to fight tooth and nail for that win. Penn mm-hmm. state had to come back against long Island vaunted yeah. long Island to win that game just by one goal. Um, what are they again? The long Island land sharks, the sharks. I, I think they're sea sharks. Uh, I don't think they're land sharks. Um, because it's Long Island, so they're they're surrounded by water. So I think they're regular sharks, but um, it's a bummer. Wish they, they were, were missing the sharks. bite. <laughs> that would be yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> that yeah, I, it's maybe uh, you can suggest that with your kind of penchant now for rebranding teams. As as long as the teams. logo face right, it's okay. Yeah, from what I've learned. Yeah, I suppose you know carrying the banner for the Big Ten was Wisconsin. Not giving up a goal. We're still waiting on the first goal for Augustana. Yep. Two shutouts for the Badgers. And Garrett Boyne needs some offense. Can't win games scoring zero goals. Uh, so we'll see if Augustana hasn't has. happened yet. At least it hasn't happened yet. Let's see if they have better luck with Bowling Green. Scandal-ridden Bowling Green, who just lost to Robert Morris. So maybe there's uh, an opportunity there for the Vikes uh, yep. to pick up some some points there. Uh, I was a little surprised Miami. I mean, Miami after the first game, I'm like, looks like Miami's in mid season form by blowing a three goal third period lead to Ferris F and state. Ferris state. Yeah. Uh, they come back off the mat and win on Saturday, nine goals on the weekend. How many goals? Oh, I mean, nine, nine, you can edit. The, yeah. The magic of editing, cut all that little small time out and it'll be perfect. I don't time. edit. I don't edit this. What are you talking about? But I, I, I'm not sure if I would have taken nine goals for Miami in the month of October. Nine, nine, so nine. putting up nine in one weekend, um, that's surprising. Keep in mind, their top scorer had 25 points last year, and then they didn't have anyone more than 15. So racking them up there. Break up the Red Hawks. Maybe I'm going to yeah. owe you those growlers anyway, uh, as exactly. it turns out, for, for putting in a top half of the NCHC uh, performance. But... But yeah, a lot of tight 
contests. Uh, it's we're still in this sort of oh Anchorage that teams have to not schedule Anchorage for the first game of the year because remember last year we already mentioned it with uh, Western Michigan dropping the season opener up there and then sort of needing to kind of cling to pairwise as a result at the end of the season. UMass Lowell, the latest yeah. victim. Now that was in overtime, granted, but three to two loss. They were able to win on Sunday. Lowell was. I bet you they're not going to have Anchorage on the schedule anytime soon because you remember last year swept at home to Lowell, uh, which really kind of sank their chances. Yeah. Uh, and so in their little two season contract, one in three. Uh, probably not gonna probably pass on those. We're gonna pass on that. As I mentioned, Denver. Yeah, I just looking back at our uh, preview podcast. Uh, yeah, Denver is gonna be pretty good, uh, and <laughs> I probably should have just stuck with the, the conventional wisdom there. Uh, and so they put on two impressive performances. I mean, to be fair, there Alaska. were. There, I mean, Alaska. Really got into penalty trouble um, there on Sunday's game. And I think Jack Devine, who already has four goals on the season, I think he had two five-on-three goals. So, which is incredibly impressive. To even yeah, I mean, get two separate opportunities at five-on-three. I mean, they were outshot basically two-to-one in the Sunday game, but... Five goals on 16 shots. Yeah. Not a bad shooting percentage for them. But and, and Rizzo, I don't believe, scored once on the weekend. He had a bunch of assists, but they were scoring well, goals. Yeah, he's, they got he's goals from the defense. He's a bust. They got, uh, yeah, they, they, they already got their scoring depth kind of showing up. They're, they're going to be good. And yeah. I'm kicking myself that I didn't just go with that. But I, hey, I'm a fan, right? So, you're, you're, you're I'm a deluded yeah. fan, but so. um, let's uh, let's hop to the women uh, really quickly. Um, women against uh, at Mercyhurst. Uh, they were uh, Friday's game was a two nothing affair uh, where the Huskies unfortunately um, were on the short set end of that one. And then uh, one nothing victory uh, on on Saturday's game. So we're back to a regular Friday Saturday. So gotta get my mindset kind of straight on that. Um, I am officially launching um, free Delmonico um, as a hashtag. Uh, still has not seen the ice, and I I like I again like trying to find women's hockey news is not unbearably hard. It's unbearably hard. Maybe I should be the change I want to see in the world. I don't know. Um, but it's so I don't know if there is any type of injury or why she's not. But, you know, and really, I mean, I, I don't even know why I'm this obsessed with it, considering all I know is numbers on a page. And I fed but, into your hype. Yeah. You're like you, you announced it like when they announced the recruit, which was like, I don't know, the summer last year or something. Or mm-hmm. Maybe it was like during this, you know, this, this last school year, but you're like, you're reading off her stat sheet. It's just like, we're coming. We're coming. Maybe she's just not that big of a prospect and we're just making a mountain out of a molehill. But I, I, I I totally deferred to your knowledge on this one, sir. I mean, knowledge, uh, it's really loose, but like, 
Okay. The big question mark on the weekend, just overall, other than my freedom, Monaco, which we'll get there, but Taylor Lynn did not right. play either game. Now, Taylor Lind is one of their better players. I mean, obviously, Emma Gentry is going to get all the headlines and whatnot for very good reason. And again, this week, last weekend, it wasn't clicking for her in a sense of like on the score sheet, uh, but I mean, she had plenty of great opportunities. And I think on Friday's game, she hit two or three posts. So and did, I mean, did score the only she goal did, on the weekend. She right. did score the only yeah right. yeah the only goal um, on 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 Saturday. So, yeah, so but you know, we're all screwed up now with Friday Saturday and Saturday. Sunday. Um. So it was um, you know I mean I, I thought she obviously had, had an incredibly good weekend, um, but Mercy Hurst was in all sorts of penalty trouble all weekend, and uh, Huskies weren't able to convert. And I and on. Friday, it was a lot of the same story where Mercerius was just kind of able to pack in front of the net. Um, you know, we got some good plays outside um, to generate some shots, but they just never went through. Uh, Mercerius was really kind of selling out, uh, but we didn't do enough to kind of change what we were doing to attack it differently. We just kind of fed into that, you know, just kind of pounding sand, and obviously that that didn't work. So in the end, we kind of made it a easy for Mercyhurst. Um the two and, goals and the early game. early penalty trouble for St. Cloud. I mean both of Yeah, those and goals. that's and that was their Achilles heel. Um was they got into early penalty trouble and then um both those goals. So five um, on three and then a five on four right after uh-huh. that. Yep. Yeah. Outshot them for the for the game. I mean from a perspective of puck possession, uh you know, either both of these games I thought St. Cloud it's not like in years past where, yeah, you win a one nothing game on the road, but you see a, a lopsided shot advantage for the opponent. I mean, St. Cloud had 37 shots on sat on yeah, Saturday, uh, including a 19 to three out shooting performance in the first period, which that's when Gentry potted the, uh, the long goal mm-hmm. for the Huskies on the weekend. I, another shutout for Sonia Hola. Um, can't say more about her performance. Uh, decent start for her and not to say anything about Showback as well. Yeah. Um, a decent, decent chart start for her as she has not allowed a goal in the two games that she's played. Bad, it's not uh, bad. I guess one nothing is the the score of the weekend. That's how the men yeah. win, and that's how the women win. So, yep. And, and like you said, JoJo, I thought played really well, um, but you know was kind of hamstrung in those first two goals. Um, but but was solid kind of the rest of the time. But I mean, it goes to the fact that like. It's just the scoring depth is something that is a little bit lacking for this women's team. And Delmonico, she's a freshman, and I get it. Uh, but like she's she's been a noted scorer um, in 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 the previous levels. I mean, I think it's a time you give her a shot, and, particularly and if Lind is out. You yeah, know, you figured that that would open up a slot if you thought that it was a numbers game. I mean that's that's something to keep an eye on. Lynn's health. Uh-huh. We don't know what what exactly the issue was this weekend. I mean, I would hate to think that it had something to do with that late hit that she took against Union on the yeah. second Union game. It's the only, it's the best explanation I can come up with. Um, yeah, it's, but and it's you know, things happen. Occam's razor there. So, but you know, other things can happen. Like you know, it could be an illness or something. Something could be pneumonia. Happens. 
could be pneumonia. You know, we've had that happen in, in the program that. before. So, but yeah, it's as I said last weekend. I mean, a split at Mercyhurst, I think, is fine. I mean, you would have loved because you, I, I think, you had a chance there on Friday to win that game if things would have shaken out a little bit differently. But you know, tie on the road against a decent team, I don't think you can complain too much about that. And outplayed them. Right. I, I mean, just straight out, they outplayed them. I'm a little bit bummed because, you know, I bought the I bought the pass. Like, we were talking about raving about that pass for $60, how good of a deal that was. And then I saw that they had a flash sale for half off. Really? So, I was, yeah, I was <sighs> kind of kicking myself on that one. Was that just for the women, or was it for, like, the no, it hockey was package? Thir- yeah, it was 60 down to 30 for the full hockey package. For the full hockey package. So, nice. but I ranted on that on Twitter. Too bad. So, so yeah, if I'm going to say split at Mercyhurst is fine, well, you got Bemidji State this weekend. Now that's and that's where you got to take you gotta care of business. Yep. And you, you probably got to put a performance like you did against Union, against uh, Bemidji State, who winless on the year. Uh, they were able to get a tie out of. RPI this past weekend, but you know, start of the season getting swept at Lindenwood. The weekend after that for Lindenwood was not as great as their opening weekend against Bemidji because they lost to Wisconsin six nothing and sixteen to one. And then Lindenwood then just got swept at St. Thomas as well. So uh, that's the team that Bemidji State lost to. So it's not a good team. This is the prohibitive. Uh, seller dweller in the WCHA. You're playing them at home. Um, yeah, if we're seeing if we're seeing struggles this weekend, it's not a good sign. So let's hope a that they win these games as they should. But I mean, I'm going to go in there thinking, where's Taylor Lind? I won't be able yeah. to figure that out until we watch the game, most likely because there's no news coverage. Is that these these games don't even exist outside like? the streaming package that we yeah. pay to get. So if anyone has so, uh, a line on Taylor Lynn's health, please let us know because I am curious. Schrodinger's Schrodinger sport, I guess is <laughs> kind of the best way to kind of look at that. If it, it only becomes alive <laughs> during the frozen four, <laughs> right? The so, rest of the season just doesn't it, um, like the frozen four just starts with Minnesota, Wisconsin, <laughs> And whoever Ohio State, ECAC. yeah. <laughs> but. So, um, but a little bit of a rant, like WCHA, like like get get your non conference together, like get some real competition to play. It's like some of these scores are just absolutely ridiculous. And I get the talent pool for women's hockey isn't there because the base isn't there. I mean, we don't support women's hockey enough at the lower levels, so therefore we don't have enough high-end talent, you know, at at, at this level um, where we have, you know, too many games of the, you know, stature of, you know, what was it, Wisconsin winning 12-2 to two, um, over Boston College. Um, you know, what, 7-1 uh, to one was, I think? Um, I mean, Mankato beat Sacred Heart Man- nine nothing. Mankato yeah. ain't very good. So I mean, it's it, it yeah, kinda, seven to one. Yeah, that's the other Sacred Heart. Mankato, Duluth so. sweeping last weekend against Long Island didn't give up a goal against uh, the Sharks. 
I'll say their other two non-conference series are home against Colgate and at Quinnipiac, both tournament teams from last year. That's true. So Duluth's got a decent schedule. The Gophers are playing uh, cupcakes uh, pretty much all, all the way through. St. Thomas, I mean, yeah, they're St. Thomas, so they're, it's not like they're a power in women's hockey yet, but, you know, start of the season with yeah. with our favorite, they, the they've Franklin, got some the Franklin here. Pierce yeah. uh, terrible presidents, and then Lindenwood. And so, you know, feasting on some, some lesser competition there, but yeah, it's it, the one thing like there, there really is no other Western league in women's college hockey. So yeah. you're going to have to travel. If you're going to go on the road, um, you're going to have to travel to the East. The other top league really is ECAC, um, you know, Northeastern out of hockey East has been good the last couple of years. Huskies will see them later this month. But, you know, then you have the CHA, which Mercyhurst is a part of, and Penn State, and um, Lindenwood. I mean, it's the other leagues. Hockey East has basically been a one-bid league. And then you got the CHA and the NUHA, and those are one-bid leagues. So, I mean, outside the ECAC, the competition is a steep drop-off. And there's you're only playing six non-conference games if you're in the WCHA because you're playing two series against everybody else, four games at least. Sometimes you split those games up like the Huskies are doing with the Gophers. Got a couple of Tuesday games against the Gophers coming up. But um, so, yeah, it's it. part of it. I I agree with your rant. Part of it is just it's there's only so many good teams to go around. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. after that sort of elite and most of those elite teams are in the WCHA already. So, I mean, you, you can't play Clarkson and Colgate every, every non-conference series. That's and true. from their perspective too, like why, why should the WCHA teams, this is kind of like an NCHC thing too, where you're not dependent on tough non-conference to boost your pair wise. Cause you're going to be playing, like the top eight schedules in the country will be WCHA teams. Bemidji state will have the toughest schedule in the conf- in the country because of the fact yeah. that they're playing the, the best WCHA, WCHA teams four times a piece. Like they don't get to play themselves. So they get to play everybody else. That's better than them in the WCHA. It doesn't matter if they play cupcakes in their six non-conference games, they're probably going to have the toughest schedule when the pairwise you know is computed at the end of the year. And that's, basically the case for all the WCHA teams. And so you don't really need to jack up your strength of schedule from that perspective. I, I always say like, it's not all about the pairwise. You, you kind of want to play the best competition to sort of make yourself better. But mm-hmm. again, with when you're playing in the WCHA, it's a gauntlet already. I mean, you're, you, there's no better way to, to beef up your, the talent of your team by going through that, what February gauntlet that we mentioned with the Huskies playing, those top four teams back to back to back to back. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Maybe you kind of appreciate the fact that you got to ease into it a little bit with union uh, to start the season. So I don't know. I agree, but part of it is just sort of systemic because the, the parity yeah. across the country just isn't quite there yet, but it's getting there. Uh, and I think in, you know, future years, we're all going to have, you know, more parity that we like we see in the men's side uh, yeah. hit the women's side as and, well. And people 
should also remember, I mean, for what the first 40 years of men's college hockey, very similar. <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, it was, you know, you had your handful of teams and I believe you did a deep dive on that uh, as well. Didn't like that. Like it was East versus West. So, and there were the West only had, so Michigan essentially got like a buy into the frozen four every year or something like that. I can't remember. It was just two conferences. It was the WCHA and then it was ECAC, um, which was like a super league at that when they broke off from hockey, hockey's broke off from ECAC in the early eighties at the time that they broke off, it was like a 20 plus team league. So it was basically all the Eastern teams were in the ECAC. And then you had the WCHA, which is Michigan and Michigan state were in that league as well. Um, so, uh, and yeah, it was, I think for a while it was whoever won the uh, postseason WCHA tournament. And then I think it was the regular season champ. If they were the same, then I think he took the second place team and just, there was no regional. You, that was the frozen four. So just two teams from the ECAC and two teams versus or from the WCHA. And then you'd probably line up the matchups to, you know, East versus West on both the semis. And then whoever won, won those is played for the championship. That's really what it was kind of like the old time world series where it'd just be whoever won the AL and the NL for the, for the regular season, they just played the world series. Like there was no playoffs. So I think that's, and that was until like the early seventies, I think is how that format was. I don't think they had even any regional until <laughs> when they the realized playoffs could get you money. And <laughs> then, Yes, now we yes, just yes, extend yes. playoffs all over the place. And now play we play in games, play playoff games. We play regionals in empty buildings because uh, ESPN regionals on regionals. Some money. So, yo, yeah. dog, I heard you like regionals, so I put this regional in your regional. Uh, it's always good when Weldy has the bur- has the bourbon glass out. Wax <laughs> is poetic, my- and he's, he's, when he starts rapping, that's the best. Weldy. Pimp my bracket is actually what they called that. Yep. So. Um, anyway, uh, so hashtag free Del Monaco and, um, yeah, hopefully the women can take care of business, um, against Bemidji. I expect them to, uh, but, uh, we'll see. Uh, questions, anything else, uh, before we head over to questions? I don't know if we're going to follow or touch on it in questions, but I did see the vaunted Austro poll. Um, had a nice oh. little had a nice little nugget for you. Ooh, yeah, it was someone uh, is was... someone out there. Some Austro voter is they've got their eye on you. Yeah, and, I've, and I've, they're they're taking care of you. Yep, what, did, exactly. what did we see there? Getting one vote, one vote. Uh, we got our brown voter back. Respect <laughs> for brown. Uh, who who to be fair had a really great weekend. Um, last weekend. Um, the practice, uh, yeah, the power play and the practice uh, was clicking. And some writer was probably like, you know what, this is gonna do it. This is gonna crack that. Boom. Because we should mention, no vote in the <laughs> debut poll last week. So and they didn't play because Ivy League yes. teams don't play, don't start. So there is until somebody the else. <laughs> <laughs> what a system so and they, we weren't, they weren't polls. in their top 20 last week they didn't play now they got a now they got a mysterious 20th place vote 
again, I'm not sure if it's all writers. I think there might be some coaches that 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 vote in this. I had to look up. So Brendan Widdit is his name, the, the coach. Uh, they've had one season where they've won double digit games in the last seven years. So whoever is giving them the vote, like explain. Like, I, I get it. I get it. That it's just this and nobody really cares about, uh, or nobody should really care about it, but obviously for marketing people purposes, it does. But at that point, why are you a voter? Like, if you're not actually going to take it seriously, because this voter can't be taking it seriously. There's, there's no earthly right. reason. At least keep why it consistent. He, if you would have yeah, started the that's poll fine. with them at yeah. 20th, then I would assume that that would stay. Like, we got to check this again next week. Mm-hmm. Because, again, there's no games being played. So, yeah, it ought to be consistent. That's 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 the funny thing, is that yeah. there was no vote last weekend. They got one now. And they're not going to play for like another three or four weeks. Big question. If next week Brown gets three receiving votes, do we think that voter moved him up to 17? Or do you think two other people were like, you know what? I'm on this Brown bandwagon. Put them at 20. That's what I want to know. What do you think is more mysterious? This, the, the Brown voter. or Taylor Lynn's injury. I think that's more mysterious. That or the St. Thomas first place vote. Ooh, I'm more I, I, interested I, in the Brown vote. I, I am too. <laughs> we have but. to remember too. I was doing the, the recent history. They haven't made an NCAA tournament since Brett Larson was a player. Brett Larson would have played against Brown in their last uh, NCAA tournament game in '93. Speaking of coaches without hair, the last time they made the tournament, Brett Larson had hair. Look at Ooh, that! Geez. Look at that fine young man, Brett Larson, and that's... picture hair. And that's the last time Brown has been in a mm. tournament. There you go. Yeah, it's just. I mean, it's, I, mean it's I have Google. Like, what did what did Brett Larson look like with hair? I can I can imagine it. I don't think it would have been like I a can't. thick head of hair, but I would imagine kind of kind of tight on the sides. But you know, maybe it would have gelled it up a little bit in front. Oh. I don't know. You got to think like early '90s too. Maybe he had like a mullet. Could have like a, uh, I don't know, grunge era. Oh, uh, his uh, his hockey DB page has has a picture of him with hair. And look at that. What, what's your rating? Twelve out of ten. It's weird. I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> hockey DB, you say? Yeah. I have to check this out. He was drafted the eleventh round by the Detroit Red Wings. So. Oh wow! Yeah, right. Good looking guy. Know. Uh, I'm gonna say it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, good looking guy. But not exactly like, what I what I pictured. No, not at all. Like I just, I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't know what I expected. But maybe he still have less forehead. I guess. Yeah, kind of what I was expecting. I don't. Know. Yeah. Well, but this yeah. podcast went out the, went off the rails. We can thank Brown for that. Thank the yeah, Brown. Just board. look at that. Look at that sexy Is picture. That, and think that's again that's Brown's golden golden age. That's Brown's golden age. I wonder. I wonder how he right? played in that game. Duluth beat him in that tournament game. I remember doing that research last year. Uh, but 
I wonder how he performed. If you should remembers. I email? Should I email Brett? Yeah. I'll, I'll email and ask him. Hey, well, well, like we want this, this Brown tournament <laughs> game in '93. So we were Thank talking you. about Brown, and then this tournament. How'd you play in this game? Uh, so that wasn't the only stunner when I was looking at the polls. Uh, this there week. are okay. Wait a minute. So I'm looking at it, and I was thinking. I would I could go on the poll and comment because it's us show you could whatever the fan forum may be gone but 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 you could still comment on like the poll there are 571 comments on the poll that came out like wow you people are just it's a talker generates a lot of buzz like I wanted, I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask. Okay, who's this brown voter? And but like everything's gonna we'll get fire it up on the on the X machine. Wait a minute. That's, how, that's how things get is done. This now. A, this is a running. It's pro- yeah, probably it's just like a running wow. thread for like whatever. It's probably not it each week. It's probably just it goes back years probably. Yeah, it does. It goes back. Okay. That makes a little bit more sense, but it leads to other questions that I have. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Maybe I do have a play. You know, I have to sign up. I don't know if I want to sign up. So I don't know if I remember right. The brown, the brown vote wasn't wasn't the only sort of head scratcher I had this week. And the one, the one I had, which is maybe more disappointing, is because this is the this is the us show poll. But there's that's not the only poll in town. They got the it's USA not. Today, USA Hockey poll. Uh, and to my surprise, I was on record last year preferring that poll. Why? Because they only went to 15. And it makes sense in a sport that only takes 16 teams in its uh, tournament. Why are we going to 20 anyway? And I'm like, ah, USA Today actually gets it because they're they're only getting 15. I look at the poll today, and they've expanded the poll they've to expanded. 20. There you Why? go. Why? 60 teams play college hockey, so you're giving a third of the teams in the poll. If we're doing this comparison, first of all, you got four teams there listed in your top 20 as a ranked team, in quotes. Four of those teams won't even make the tournament, so keep that in mind. If we're expanding, like we're going to have a third of the teams be ranked. If that was like in football or basketball, that would mean that your rankings would be 125, essentially. So I feel like you're playing the 120th team. A, it's a ranked opponent this weekend. You know, we play Texas San Marcos. They're clocking in at 117 in the poll. Buckle up. I hate it. Poll should have less teams. Uh, Crank it back to 15. It's a cheap marketing ploy, and I don't like it. You've lost uh, all my respect, USA Today slash USA Hockey. Slash the rink live now is the sponsor. Really? Are they they sponsoring it? Yeah. Yeah, You just spit all over Sydney Wolf right there. How dare you? Um, I I do have to say the um, uh, no brown voter on that one. Uh, So there is no overlap. So it still voters. is the better poll. So, so it's, the, it's the one that still has more credibility. 
I, I guess they do have St. Thomas. Uh, somebody put them at twenty. So well, I saw they. I, I, I guess think they got like a dozen votes in the Astro poll. Oh, Fifteen. In the Fifteen. Fifteen. Alaska got twelve, and they got spanked at home. <laughs> so that's where the action it's, is. It's the others receiving votes section of the Astro poll in October. God, that's all I care about. <laughs> like that's that's the most fun that I'm having with this poll in in a long time. Yeah, expand to twenty. Why is that? It's yeah. They just sold out their their whole soul uh, just for just for five other teams that that they can that they can win over the affection of. God, I hope Brown makes the tournament. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be the second time in our lifetimes. Yep, exactly. Make it happen. So, all right, questions. Um, we uh didn't talk about it that much um but as of the newcomers um uh clint asked uh which newcomer impressed you the most uh this opening weekend and i think it's between verner and barrett hall um what do you think about clark's game uh yeah so on saturday i thought he was overmatched on Sunday, I thought he was a liability whenever he touched the puck. He put off some Chalowski vibes for me. I, uh, if you're new to this podcast, that is not a compliment. He just looks... So. He's young. I mean, he just turned 19. Yeah, that's true. He should be in juniors this year. So I'm going to cut him a lot of slack. Um, I have faith that he's going to develop into a not just a good defenseman, but a quality one. But especially on Sunday, there was times where when he was handling the puck, he had the yips or something. Uh, I, again, I hope that they take it easy on him and don't throw him too much to the wolves here at the start. Just play him one game a weekend, at at least for now. Like I want to see what Tyson has to, has to give. I don't know why he was the only one that didn't play both, both games or didn't play one game this weekend. And again, maybe there was an injury concern with him. What did you think of Clark? I he did not look great, but again, he's he's very very young, and and I'm willing to give him a pass for that reason alone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to give him quite like a the long whole leash. season. Um, so. but also remember with Peart, we gave him an incredibly long leash, but we saw a lot more upside when it comes to the offensive abilities. Um, Clark, true. At least this series didn't didn't seem like that type of player. Um, he, but yeah, I do agree that he did look, he looked a little green, um, out there. So, uh, I hope, um, you know, it's all going to kind of click with him and Wiley last season kind of was the same way, um, where he was a little bit green kind of right at the start. Um, and then he split time, um, yes, as well, um, before he kind of took over and was a mainstay there at the second half of the year. So see the difference is, and it's, this is unfair to Clark, but by his, by the nature, by dint of him being drafted, our expectations yeah. are higher for him. Higher. We didn't really have any expectations with Cooper Wiley. Um, mm. And so maybe that's unfair to Clark, but I think you have depth at the position. I don't think yeah. you need to play him two games a weekend, especially if he's going to be a little shaky at the start. Um, don't sit him for the rest, you know, don't sit him for the rest of the year, but ease him into it. At least the first half. 
Like, especially because, like, especially being a defenseman, like, getting some time in the press box and watching the game sure. from up there, like, you know, if you really study for it, like, you, like, you see it from a different perspective and you know what's going on and, like, some of those scratches can really help um, your game on the ice when you see it from that different vantage point. So. It's just, it's, it the, the speed, it's just every level that you, that you rise in hockey and again he's jumping a level essentially i mean he did come from juniors but the jump from what was it the saskatchewan league the jump from that to the ushl would have been a a step up in speed and quality of opponent and all that you sort of bypass that altogether and he jumped at yet another level to go into ncaa and so yeah the learning curve is is gonna be is gonna be a steep one for him and Again, I think there's definite promise, but it's going to take a little bit and just be yep. patient with him. And again, just don't don't throw too much of a load on him. And guys like Tyson, who, yes, freshman as well, but Tyson has a lot more junior experience and he's he's older and he has a little bit more seasoning uh, in that regard. So, you know, you have these other guys that can pitch in. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm interested, too. Like I. I, I was surprised at how little I noticed Ewart because I figured he is more offensive minded. Again, the sort of assignments he was getting were not, you know, the best situations to have him show his offensive kind of chops, but excited to see him. And I agree with your previous assessment of Falk. Um, he was kind of even jumping into some of the offense at some points in the game too, which, you know, he's kind of been billed as more of a stay at home guy, but certainly got the size I certainly got the poise. Again, I'm not expecting maybe even 10 points. I think the tray ball uh, comparison is is a very good one. But if you get someone like that, you need guys like that on uh, on yeah. the back end. So, yeah. But, yeah, would you say, uh, you know, as far as best-looking freshman, Paul, Werner, do you have a preference between either? I would, I would give the um, – I would give the edge to Hall. Um, like you said, obviously the the tip goal was nice, but he had a couple other chances too. And yeah. like you said on Sunday too, that uh, that move that he made, if he would have buried that, that would have been you know he's got the highlight that. reel sort of capability. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think Werner is going to be a little bit more workman like. Um, yeah. And they, they I was both, those those kinds of players, both of those kind of players are are valuable to have. I was surprised on how much I did notice Werner. Um, as well, like I don't he think didn't, he, looked he, he didn't look like all. a freshman. You know what I mean? No. Like that's that's why I sort of picked him out as being the most impressive freshman. Because like I said, Hall still had a couple of those sort of like we're gonna decide one one extra stick handle, too many kind of plays that you kind of see from freshmen. But Werner looked just a little bit more seasoned out there. It didn't look mm-hmm. like his first series. Yeah. Yep. Um, I was a little surprised. Um to see ports play in the roles that he yeah. was playing in. Agreed. And didn't as, think that he's going to get as much play uh, penalty or uh, power play time uh, as he did. Time, yeah. And he wasn't, he wasn't bad. I mean, no. and that's the thing with, with Sulquist. It's like, I, I'm coming around. I get it. If the guy goes 20 out of 25 on a faceoff circle, I get why he's out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I get why he's out there on the power play. But again, having him play sort of like the screener in front Maybe that is the best role for him if you're going to put him on the power play. But I just wish that there was, I just wish he was like a little bigger. You know what I mean? Like 
had the had more of the Will Hammer body, but still had the seventy five percent face off percentage uh, <laughs> stat. I don't know. He just oh. seems a little small to play the sort of uh, grease pan type player. But um, but no, he's. I think he's going to be fine if he keeps that up. I am. And he chips in on offense. Like I said, already got a, already got a point uh, on the season. I thought he scored that goal uh, in real time. I thought Salquist was the one that popped it in. I believe it was Okabe's, but um, he was definitely uh, right there. Uh, and so, yeah, just don't take uh, don't take dumb uh, five minute majors, please, because we uh, we need those face off wins. Um, and then, uh, Dan Jacobson, uh, biggest surprise from opening weekend. Um, so I guess he probably means as far as, you know, around the horn, I know we talked a little bit about all of college hockey, um, but, um, I'm going to just kind of switch it to Huskies. Like, is, is there anything that really surprised you overall with how the team played all players? Men's or women's? I, I suppose for both and particular the men, I, if you would have told me that, that the Huskies aren't going to score an even strength goal on the weekend, I mean, other than Ingram, which is again, power, you know, breakaway, but that Saturday game, like no, no even strength goals. And then for the women, no even strength goals on the entire weekend. That surprises me. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Um, the biggest thing that surprised me was Bassie on opening night. Just, uh, ju- I, th- I just thought that was uncharacteristic on how he looked. Just kind of a little bit uncomfortable, out of water, overcommitting, not really controlling, and thought he, you know, goes down too quick. That leaves that open. You know, maybe if you're six eight, <laughs> you'd be able to cover that, but. People of this player of the weekend, right? That. So, uh, I did see that the defenseman of the week for the NCHC was Anhorn. So, really, yep. okay. Congrats, well, Uh Another surprising thing, too. I mean, we've mentioned it. It's just the amount of time that St. Thomas again not dominated, but at least just controlled play. Yeah, I mean that Ingram that Ingram goal in the second period came after the 10 minute mark that was st cloud's first shot of that period uh which is like you're gonna go 10 minutes without getting a shot against st thomas i didn't have that on my bingo board mm-hmm. nope, so I agree. so yeah definitely some surprises i guess to to troll dan kind of laid an egg there against michigan tech huh <laughs> Just pissed off our one <laughs> diehard viewer right there. I barely watched the game. Did I know they tied, but I'm not sure if they uh, blew a late lead or I, I'm not even sure how the goals progress. The, the the scoring went if they gave up a late one to tie it or not. But it's Duluth. I don't really care about them. <laughs> um. Yeah, they ended up. Uh... Tech tied it, but I think it was like halfway through the third. We'll still say they they choked. They choked. They joked it away. So, but uh, well, that about does her uh, for this episode. Man, about does her. So, Tight uh, one. Yeah. Well, ninety four I mean, minutes. Now that we're now that we're weekly, um, we'll uh, maybe one of these days we'll get it down to an hour. I don't see that ever happening. 
actually one hour. I don't either. This I thought but... this was good. I, we were able to get, I think, a lot of analysis in there. Mm-hmm. We got new nicknames. We got new bits. We can all hashtag free Delmonico. We can talk about Brown. So I mean, yes, indeed. So I thought it was I'm well the. I'm Wally at More Clappers, M-O-A-R, More Clappers. Also, follow me on Blue Sky. Uh, I don't really tweet or post uh, as much on there. Um, But, you know, who knows uh, once, you know, X goes haywire or belly up or whatever's happening on that platform. Who knows if they go to pay to tweet, I'm definitely going to be switching over. But, uh, Andrew, where can they uh, reach out to you? You can send me an email at huskieshockeypodcast at gmail.com, or you can follow me on Green Ground. Uh, and you, I haven't uh, posted there yet, but um, you can follow me there. I, I've heard that's sort of where all the cool kids are going now. <laughs> so greenground.com slash Andrew. I got the first, I got the Andrew uh, got handle. Andrew so, won the handle on Green Ground. N- nope, just Andrew. Uh, oh, I'm, just like, Andrew. Sh- I'm like Cher. You know, it's just oh, one, I'm just going just, one name now. So. Just going one, all right. The, right. the Adele of Green Ground over there. So perfect. <laughs> That's correct. Until next time, go Huskies. Woo! Woo.